This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is Erin McGowan, certified personal trainer and currently selling two beds if anyone's interested. This is Ryan Stanger, certified personal trainer and not afraid of wall electrical sockets. Oh, and you found the dumbbells at Comedy Fitness Podcast. Committed to bringing you inspiration, motivation, and sometimes information. Hey, dumbbells, let's get dumb. You heard it right, folks. I'm not afraid of them. (laughs) Is that because Uh, I have one behind my head? Oh, I didn't even notice. Uh, Definitely not just something random I saw. (laughs) Emergency dog attack. (laughs) Here's the patient. Uh, Just to bring the listeners up to speed, uh, did did have some Delphi drama. My dog um, Mm -hmm. had a hurt paw. They think it's an insect bite. Probably bullshit. Uh, but anyway, she's okay now. She's doing great. And, uh, she just got you know, a lot of attention real fast and is out. Dog in, dog out. out. Uh, and and circling back to wall sockets, it's definitely not because I just saw one and it gave me something to talk about. I want to let people know that you don't have to put um, the child protection things in them. Um, I'm not tempted to stick anything in there. Um, and therefore I'm not afraid of them. I feel like they're only as dangerous as you make them. That's, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. I'm not going to let them run my life, Aaron. (laughs) But I think now if you ever come over here, I will just put the little protectors in just, just to make sure. I feel like I'm, uh, I'm being a little too defensive about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, but I am I am sitting in front of a very high. This one's high enough for adults, um, not yeah, just that's, kids. That's, Too that's high weird, for kids. Weird location. <laughs> it is a weird location. I um, mean, what would you ever plug in way up there? It seems like the electrician just like ah, fuck it. I don't want to run this thing down <laughs> to the ground. The electrician was like, "I'm tired. I'm going to do this one yeah. right where I don't have to like bend down. I don't have to fucking crouch." <laughs> We usually plug our computers in right here. It it actually is like does have some uh some ease to just, you know. Okay. Just, it's right there by your head. Uh, <laughs> uh so, so real quick, I'm selling two bags. I am selling two beds. So hit me up okay. on Instagram if you want if you want some merch from the show. <laughs> two two queen <laughs> <laughs> Dumbbells merch, baby. Uh two queenies. Two queenies. One moves, one doesn't. Okay. Um, Quick housekeeping. This episode, we will be discussing the 2012 documentary called Glow, the story of the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Um, That's Glow's an acronym for that. It inspired the Netflix series, um, Mm -hmm. which ran for two or three seasons, I think, um, which is pretty fun. Uh, but we're talking about the wrestling um, documentary uh, that's based on the actual um, league that was in place uh, for, I think, ran for four seasons in the 80s, 1986 to 1990. Um, and that is available on Peacock if you have that. It's also, you can rent it on Amazon 
Um, so we'll be discussing that. We're going to give you guys, um, like we're going to do a motivational check-in, give you guys some motivation tips, some of the tricks that we use. And then also we're going to start with Aaron, who recently got the green light to go back into the gym and uh, back, start baby. hitting the weights. Uh, so tell us, Aaron, how did it feel? What did you do? And uh, what are your thoughts? Well, I've had like a week now of getting back in there. And I feel like the first day I just wanted to run because I hadn't been able to like get my heart rate up. And oh my gosh, it was a humbling, very humbling experience. Um, no, I'm not like, I've never been like the best runner. I'm just, I, I like the challenge of it. I don't, mind it um but i'm i've never like ran i've my fastest mile was like 734 and i don't think i could ever do that again so like it, i'm typically coming in at a 930 you know um but i had to run and walk every like i ran for 2 minutes walked a minute and after and i did that for 30 minutes and i thought i was going to die in every 2 minute <laughs> segment that i was running but in like a fun fitness way not in a for real stop what you're doing way yes a motivation timeout can i get Mm. can i chime in yes please so this is this is something we've talked about before and it's absolutely crucial and it's a weirdly hard lesson to learn and sometimes you need a reminder of it so you have like a, let's say you have a running program in place and you get out there, you run for the most part, you enjoy it. And then you start to hit a wall to where it's not as fun anymore. It feels hard or you start to dread it. Okay. So that Mm -hmm. immediately needs to be addressed because you shouldn't dread workouts. Workouts should inspire you. They should refresh you. Um, they should invigorate you. They can be hard if you're in the mood for that, but when they're starting to, when the dread factor is starting to kick in, here's what you need to do. Let yourself off the hook. It doesn't mean you skip the workout, but it means, hey, I normally run a seven minute, 40 second mile, but you know what? Today I'm going to do a 20 minute mile and who gives a flying fuck? I'll walk part of it. I'll run some of it. I'll run two steps. I'll walk, you know, a hundred steps, whatever it is, you still get out there. The workout still counts. It still counts. And you need to say it's, you're not any lesser for doing that. So just let yourself if you need to. And even if you need to do, you know, five in a row to where they're just easy ones to where it's like, oh, you know, I'm just going to kind of do this. I'll walk. I'll feel comfortable. I'll enjoy myself. I'll you know, I'll, I'll have a phone call for part of it while I'm on there, you know, whatever it is, you'll still, you'll still stay on your roll. You'll still keep it going. And then, and then in your mind, you won't dread it. You know, it does, it doesn't always have to be a prison camp workout. Right. You know, it can be, you know, so like this, so it's like you wanted to get back out there and run. It felt hard. I'm sure it would have been easy to stop. And I think if you had like, you know, said to yourself, like, this doesn't fucking count, you know, you would have stopped (laughs) versus like, no, I'll walk a bunch of it and who cares? I did it and then you feel great afterwards, right? I felt so good after, uh, I felt really good for like an hour after. And then my calves reminded me of why (laughs) this shit sucks. Um, No, but But even that feels kind of good, right? It did. Because I hadn't, I hadn't been able to, and there's a Mm -hmm. difference, you know, like from being like, 
just not feeling like it and being told you can't because you're, you're, you know, you got to do what your doctor says you got to do sometimes. And so it's like, okay, so I was respecting that. And then the the second I got the green light, I wanted to like go as hard as I could. And again, that wasn't what Aaron a year ago could do, but this was, you know, something that I felt like I could manage still and be safe, but also push my, especially my cardiovascular uh, endurance. Like my heart was like, what are you doing? <laughs> and, and my heart and lungs after felt so good. And I, my energy was up. I felt like I had like run a million miles. I don't know if that would make me feel good or not, but I, it was, it Your was heart great. and lungs were like, dude, we were actually wrong. We feel pretty good. And thank you for doing that. I know we freaked out initially, but honestly, <laughs> honestly, thank you so much. Thank you so much. We were wrong. So, okay. Don't fucking lord it over us, but we are admitting that we were wrong. So my calves, I had to like, I had to remember I needed to uh, do a little bit more like foam rolling after the workout. It's like, oh yeah. Okay. I forgot some of this stuff really does flare up for me when I am not just like doing walks. Um, Boy, as we age, we go from foam parties to foam rolls. <laughs> right? Boy, boy, do we. Do A truer parties. statement <laughs> has never been spoken. I, I'm, like, do I'm like Oscar Wilde or Foam something. party. <laughs> What's that? Foam roller, foam, foam party. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'd go Let's to that. Think about it. Uh, you're invited. Um, so that so that was like one. And Do you then think that was like, like an Oscar Wilde or Mark Twain level quote that I just had? I would say Taylor Swift. <laughs> okay, well I'll take it. <laughs> uh, Taylor, uh, I would say Taylor Swift, maybe on through your eyes. You know what I mean? You know what I we mean? We did. We've had we've had uh, multiple music people say that like she is. She's a genius. I know. I know. And I, I know. appreciate it. I, I I asked and they answered. <laughs> and so there we go. Also, uh, you know, she's selling hundreds of millions of records. No, <laughs> I think she knows what she's doing. <laughs> yeah. She's got something <laughs> going on. Yeah. That's right. I um, am. I am an old cis white male. What, you know, <laughs> what the fuck do I know? So, you know what I mean? <laughs> like maybe hey, she can hold, maybe she can like, you know, drag all her Emmys and platinum records over to my house and, you know, show me why she's a genius. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. I got some thoughts and opinions about it. Uh, it's me. Yeah, wrong. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. <laughs> yeah, it's about me. T. Okay. Um, and then the other, she's the like, other hmm, thing. interesting stinger. I did sell out SoFi <laughs> seven nights in a row. Yeah, well, you know, I got some thoughts. Go ahead. <laughs> foam party, foam roller. Follow me. Yeah, I'm smart That's my too. <laughs> um, you're a poet, Oscar Wilde. Um, and then lifting weights, also very humbling experience. Humbling. Humbling. Um. I'm, you know, and I'm trying to do it safely and not just like jump back to numbers I had written down in notebooks. You know, I'm trying to like just be, um, you know, 
cautious as I enter back into weights because it's been like a few months now since I've really gotten to lift weights. And so I'm trying to be safe and not, and like, I'm trying to train myself like I would train a client that was coming back after a few months and like not just be like, no, I can do it. I can do whatever. Well, you know, so I'm like trying to take it easy. Um, but it really, I'm sore again. It feels good. Um, you know, not that I needed to take a break to then feel like this, but it does feel nice to be like, oh, I'm sore. I'm like, I'm like re I'm getting back in there. I'm it's fun. I I'm, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's crucial. Another motivational timeout. Um, you know, so, so, so sometimes like an Aaron situation, you have an imposed break put on you and then, mm-hmm. so you miss it. You want to get back to it. And then it's, it's kind of easy to start because you're anxious to do it. Um, if you don't have that, um, good, you know, that's good. That means, you know, things are going right for you and that's what you want. Um, but if you do, it's nothing to panic about, you know, you'll get back to it, but what both can do. So either an imposed break or say you just took some time off because you needed a mental break or whatever, what they can do is they can, they can help you trim the fat off, um, pardon the pun, your workout. So, you know, as, as you work out regularly, maybe at least in my, in my own experience, I start to do things that my, my mind thinks I should need. My mind thinks I need more than my body actually does. The workouts start to get longer. They get a little tedious. I feel like I'm failing if I don't do every aspect of it. So it's like, it's gotta be this many sets. It's gotta be these, all these different exercises for this. It's gotta be, you know, six days a week or whatever it is. And then I take, like, I have to take a little break because of an injury or mental break or whatever. And then I come back to it and I'm like, actually, you know what? I think it was maybe overtraining or I was, you know, doing this for my brain, you know, or some kind of pathology more than my body. And I don't need to do all this. And, you know, four sets was just as good as the six sets. The six sets were were unnecessary or I don't need to do pull-ups every day or whatever it is. And then, you know, you trim 40 minutes off that workout time and, you know, a day potentially and add in a rest day. And then you're like, oh, this is so much more manageable than where it had gotten to. Um, yes. and then that can, you know, that can kind of like reinvigorate you, you know, to where you're like, oh, great. Okay, cool. This is not this fucking albatross that it was before. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you lose sight of that. You can't see the forest through the trees. Sometimes when you're in it, you've been rolling for a while and then it just starts to get monotonous. And so, you know, take something like this to kind of, you know, open your eyes to, you know, what you're doing and what you really need, or maybe even completely changing like, oh, I'd been training this way for a while. I'd been in like this extreme calorie deficit or whatever it is. And then now I want to kind of, you know, optimize my performance. So I'll eat a little differently or, or whatever. And that can be, you know, that can reinvigorate your workouts and motivate you too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely felt the urge, like after I ran, I was like, okay, now I'm going to run every day and every day I'm going to feel awesome. And then when my calves were hurting, I was like, okay, I don't run every day now. I run (laughs) twice a week, I think. And then I will strength train. And then I like did like 
I did like a 20 minute workout and then like an hour workout in one day, which I don't do. I don't know why I thought this I will do. And then I was like, okay, I, that's when I was like, okay, you need to remember you like train yourself the way you would train someone coming back. You yeah. are not like, you don't have to jump back in. You don't have to make up for lost time. Like you, you're, you've taken a few months off. So like you have to rebuild and rebuild in a responsible way. And like you said, like kind of in a re like kind of like redefine what it looks like because I, I can't, I have this like gift of time off and now I get to see where the weaknesses are, where my strengths are now. It's just, yeah, it's, I would have never just done it on my own, which, you know, yeah. how do we get into that? But, uh, having done, gone through it and now it feels like, okay, I can, I can reset a little bit. So that's great. Blah, um, blah, blah. Uh, let's each give one or two more um, motivational tips, and then we can get into Glow, um, the documentary about the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Uh, so I, another thing I was thinking about um, that can serve as some level of motivation is, uh, is, the, is scheduling something. Now we've talked about doing like a photo shoot before, um, mm -hmm. and not everybody's going to schedule a photo shoot for themselves. And that's totally fine. There are people that that makes no oh, yeah, sense at all. That's for, true. Yeah. I forgot. We're just psycho uh, it, in Los Angeles. It, Anyone yeah, can have a photo. It is a cool thing, and anywhere you are, you could do that. And why the fuck yeah. not? You know. So yeah. it's not. It's not to say that you shouldn't. Um, and also a vacation doesn't always come up. It doesn't always line up. Right. Sometimes you've, you know, you're not in a place in your life where you want to take a vacation or need to take a vacation or can take a vacation. Um, so adjust the scale of that. And it could be something as like a fun dinner with friends. So it's just some kind of like end point, um, that can motivate you a little bit. So it's like, oh, this is our favorite restaurant. Um, we love to go and eat and celebrate there. Uh, so I'm going to reach out to some friends and we're going to put a time, you know, like a time to it. We're going to do it in a month or whatever. We're going to go to, I don't know, you name it, whatever. Musso and Frank's. Musso and Frank's. And we're going to get, you know, uh, we're going to drink, we're going to eat. We're going to not look, care about calories or any of that kind of stuff. We're going to get dressed up. Um, and, and do this. And then you maybe if you can like encourage your friends to like, let's all try to commit to some kind of workout schedule. You can do, you don't have to work out with each other, but we'll kind of check in on a text thread and we'll do it leading up, you know, for this month. And that can kind of like invigorate you because you've got this, um, carrot at the end of the stick, or you got a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, or you've got a, uh, something at the finish line waiting for you. And it's just, yep. it's just something because it, then you don't feel like, you know, what the fuck am I doing? And why am I doing <laughs> yeah. just like unending unending? Like, what is this? What do I get out of this? You know? Cause sometimes <laughs> yes. you can continue to look the same. You know, you don't necessarily feel all the benefit that you're getting from it. Cause I promise you guys, you are getting benefit from it. Even yeah. if it doesn't show up immediately on your body, it's doing wonderful things for you. And it's, you know, 
you it, it's always good to exercise because you love your body, but sometimes you need something a little bit extra. So that just giving yourself a, you know, a goal. And then what you get from that is, you know, you may not work out with the same intensity after that, but you'll have a lot of self-efficacy in place. You'll have some good routines. You'll have some stuff you like doing. So even if you just are still at, you know, 60% of what you were doing in that month, that's huge. That's a huge yeah. benefit. And then you do that for a while for some maintenance and then you schedule the next thing. So it's my two Love cents it. on that. I'm going to say, speaking of friends, um, one of the workouts I got to do this last week um, was my friend, Melissa. She's been a, she's been a guest on the show a few friend times. Friend of the pod. Yep. She's my comedy partner. We own, we, when we were out doing comedy, <laughs> Uh, but we we uh, both go to LA Fitness now, and um, I was like, we could go to any L- L- any LA Fitness in the whole world. And so we went to this new one in LA. We met up and we worked out together, and it was so fun and motivating, and like just like to be there to like support each other. And we just lifted with each other. So we just kind of each took turns. It was so much easier to get like machines because you had like, you have like someone that can kind of stand in line and then the other person like goes and gets the dumbbells and then you get your little station set up. It was just, it was such a better experience than going by yourself. It was really fun. We can't do it all the time, but if you can find a friend as like, either some sort of like actual workout together buddy or, and I have another friend who we don't live in the same town, but we would do like, we would do the chill mile club. And so she would run her mile. I would run my mile and we would talk about it, you know, just like every once in a while, nothing crazy, but it just makes it like you're not alone and it's fun again. And, um, schedules don't always allow it, but when it does, it is great, great, great fun. Good. Yeah, I agree. I think it can remind you of what you love about exercise and certainly um, eliminate a lot of the dread. So, I mean, even if it's like you can't do, you don't, you're not inspired to do anything. Like if you can get a a workout buddy once a week, that's great. I mean, then then you're doing something, you know? Yep. Uh, Yep. Yeah. It's better than a hundred percent of nothing. So I love it. Okay. Shifting focus, um, let's get into GLOW. Again, this stands for uh, GLOW, the gorgeous. story of the of the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. This came out in 2012. Um, it's directed by Brett Whitcomb and um, written by Bradford Thomason. Um, it chronicles the history of this wrestling league, this defunct wrestling league that had this crazy kind of run in the eighties. Um, and again, like I said earlier, it did sponsor or did inspire the Netflix series. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, it's, it's not super long. It's like, um, under an hour and a half. Uh, Aaron, had you seen this before and what are your general thoughts? No, I had not seen this before. Very fun watch. I cried. I cried. Did you cry? Oh, yeah. I've seen it before. I picked it for you because I was okay. hoping you hadn't seen it. And I knew you would like it. Um, yeah. And we had a good time talking about Beyond the Mat 
um, yeah. you know, another wrestling documentary earlier. And I know Jason loves race wrestling. And yes. so I was like, yeah, um, this, and I also felt, I found this documentary inspiring and interesting. And I think people should know about this. Yeah. Um, yeah, was, I left going, Oh, I wish everyone would watch this. So all of our listeners go watch. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I fucking cried my eyes out. <laughs> cried jason came in from outside and he was like what is going on and i was like this got me this got me right at the end oh my god um but uh, so i auditioned for glow the netflix show oh did you really wow yes and that's one of like like i have not had that many auditions that like really mattered (laughs) like that have like been like god you seem like you'd be fucking perfect for it I know, I know, I know. It, Melissa and I auditioned to be the duo. Oh um, yeah, and the duo that got it—they did great. Um, and actually, one the one of the girls even in that duo plays trombone as well. And I was like, "Hey, you know what? From one trombone girl to the other, you nailed it." Um, but I, so I was afraid to ever watch the. Sh- I didn't want to watch the show because I was afraid I'd be too sad. <laughs> Yeah, of course. I get that. There's somewhere you don't care or there's somewhere you're just so curious, like who ended up getting this? And there's somewhere you're like, fuck this really, I really could have done something with this and I can't even look at it. Yeah. And I was, I was afraid I would feel like that, but I would have done a completely different world than they did, which again, they did amazing. Um, But it was, I eventually did watch it and I was so, I was so jealous. I wasn't on that show. I was like this, this one, like, and then watching this documentary, I was like, God, if I was 20 again and someone handed me this opportunity or like this opportunity, I would take it in a second. This is, and I would love, like, I loved the thought of being like the, the big women that just knock people down. It was so inspiring, inspiring to me that the redheaded woman that like, what was her name? Matilda, Matilda, the Hun? Matilda. Yeah. Yeah. Matilda, the Hun. I was like, I, I see myself in this woman. <laughs> so anyways, I mean, th- those I are my even- overall thoughts. <laughs> yeah. So if you watched, um, the glow series, which I really enjoyed, um, and it was well acted and well done. And the first and, season, I think, was was money. Yeah, I can't even remember. But they had to, you know, so they're rushing it into production, and they didn't get as much time as they wanted to train the actors to do the wrestling. Uh, and so, you know, they did the best they can, and it it served the series fine. But when you watch the actual documentary, they're doing some fucking awesome yes. wrestling, like some hardcore crazy shit um that was like where you're like wow this is this is really fun and so to give you guys a little bit of background on it um this guy named david mclean um had the dream for this for to start this wrestling league um and he paired up with this guy named matt simber who was like this kind of uh notorious Hollywood character that was, had directed and produced a bunch of like exploitation type movies. Um, and (laughs) so he had a lot of juice and I think he had the, you know, based on what the documentary told us, the kind of 
energy and gumption to get this thing going. And he also yeah. paired them up with their their main sponsor and financier, this guy that was um was it the Riviera? Yeah. Uh in Las Vegas. And so that's where they yeah. kind of based the show and the broadcast because it was independently produced and financed. And so, and they sold it into syndication and there's rumors that it was, you know, potentially like a tax write-off for this guy that was running the Riviera that owned the Riviera at the time, you know, like it was like, kind of like, Oh, we can just, (laughs) this will fail. And at the very least I can use it to hawk my products. You know, I don't quite know (laughs) how the, um, the finances work because this guy had other fucking weird products that he was selling, you know, different like skincare line and that kind of shit. It's like the um the Mel Brooks oh, movies, yeah. the producers or something where it's like, we'll we'll make a flop and then it's you know, it's a way that we can hide money or, you know, show a loss or whatever it is. But it ended up being like this kind of breakout su- success and they sold it to over 200 markets. And uh so it was like this kind of like, you know, crazy thing. And a lot of that was due to Simber coming in who had this idea to um, explore the kayfabe, which is like the, you know, the made up storylines, you know, the reality that the wrestlers live in and the camp of it. Um, And he, you know, just had a knack for kind of identifying what was unique about somebody and then having them exaggerate that in their wrestling character. And look, a lot of it doesn't age well, you know, there's some stereotypes. Absolutely not. (laughs) And, These women were, you know, by and large abused and taken advantage of, uh, but they also, you know, really found a lot of kinship in each other and had this, they've spun it into this amazing experience and it doesn't seem like they were ever abused in a way that was to where you feel sad for them. Um, uh, yeah, at least that they does that make s- talk about. <laughs> yeah. And now if you really like dove, dove deep, you know, ba- yeah. the people that they interviewed for it seemed to ultimately walk away with being happy about it. Now, obviously, you know, looking at it now, they, they didn't have the kind of accommodations that they should have. Like I would have loved if they had like, you know, the right kind of ring and specifications and all that stuff. And they were like taking care of like the kind of athletes that they were. <laughs> Cause they just got fucked up on just like all the cost cutting and cheap shit, you know, and they were, you know, popular and cool and they were fucking going for it. And so you want them to have everything, but I think, you know, whatever they got from each other made it a worthwhile experience for them. And that's nice to hear about. So you walk away from the documentary feeling good about it. Um, but you do worry about, you know, the toll that it took on a lot of their bodies and then, yeah. Um, you wonder maybe some behind the scenes stuff too, you know, if it was, but there's, <laughs> there's nothing in this documentary that's overtly tragic, uh, right. but it's crazy to see. I found it was crazy to see, you know, one obviously expect there to be some bad stereotypes and cringy stuff from the eighties, but even the way they talk about things in 2012, they use some words and stuff where you're like, Jesus Christ, you know, <laughs> we've come a long way in 10 years. <laughs> I know because it's still been 10 years and it, we, yeah. I mean, things have just really changed in like how we talk about things. And, um, 
God, going, yeah, there, I honestly think that's part of the reason why the show on Netflix had a hard time was just because, like, that translation is so, like, you, it was the 80s. Like, you can't do that anymore. You have to, like, you have to just be like, oh, that was crazy. That's old. Thank goodness we're better now. <laughs> yeah. And, and just, like, move on. Um, I mean, just to it, give you it, guys an, give you guys an idea, like, there was obviously racial stuff and stereotypes that they would lean into um, yeah. that I won't, I just won't repeat because it's, there's no like yeah, delicate way to do it. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, if there was a one wrestler, I can't remember her real name, but looked young. And so the, the director, oh God, yes. Yeah. He, he, he looked at her jailbait? and he's like, Oh, your oh. name is going to be jailbait. So just to give you guys oh. an idea of like what yeah. they were doing on this show. I mean, that's, it's like that kind of stuff. And I know, but it's crazy. Like she laughed and loved it. She was like, and then, so he looked at me and called me jailbait. <laughs> and so that was my character. And you're just like, Whoa, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It is crazy to be a woman, uh, stinger. And as I can't even imagine in, because I was a child in the eighties. So it didn't even hit like these women were just being, told crazy stuff um my oh and favorite- just like having to roll and it being expected to roll with it and stuff i mean yes. even i would say even if somebody's been so incredibly lucky to not get any kind of overt uh abuse or assault it's still as a woman a death by a thousand cuts yes <laughs> you know? absolutely I mean, I mean it's all even if it's the small stuff it's still you know nothing that i could ever imagine and then constantly surprised that like <laughs> when you hear about experience and just like people that, you know, just, Oh, this person just said this to me offhand. It's just like, what <laughs> awful shit. There was a line that stuck out to me. So I wrote it down, which was, um, I think it was the, I think it was like the guy who did made all their, their, um, characters. What was his name again? Crimble, Crim, Crimber. There's Matt Simber. Simber, Simber, Matt Simber. I think it was him, but I don't quote me on that. But that said, he was like on some like talk show talking about it. He's like, they show women as independents. And I was like, this is in the 80s. And we're still like, look, a woman can do something by herself. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) And like, good. Oh, my God, it's insane. And that was my favorite. Uh, That was one of my favorite lines. (laughs) <laughs> that was him for sure. And they show footage of like, because his show was such a hit, they did all the um, daytime talk shows. So they did like Donahue and Sally, yes. Jesse Raphael, yes. and they had like all the wrestlers on Donahue. And so that was his big, you know, like, hey, your little girls are looking at this. They're seeing women, you know, living lives and doing independent stuff. <laughs> You're just like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Not yes, washing just- dishes. <laughs> Unbelievable! The fantasy of it. Job. They got a job. They have muscles. Be careful, ladies. Um, But you know, in and and this may have been accidental, but a fascinating thing about it was is that there were so even like the WWE now. There's tons of popular female wrestlers, and they're fucking awesome, and it's really cool. Rhea Ripley, I really like. Um, And there's a bunch doing you know cool shit. It's still, it's still a male dominated league. And so glow was 
completely female. There was no yeah. men walking them out into the ring. There was no men pairing. It wasn't like, oh, she's the wife of this wrestler or they're involved in this relationship. It was all females fighting. And they did have a lot of control over their characters and the directions they went. They were kind of steered in, you know, maybe some directions they didn't initially want, but they were able to kind of course correct seemingly, at least the ones that were spoken to in this documentary. And right. so that was like at the time, which is crazy to think of like novel. <laughs> it's very independent. Yeah. Very independent of us ladies. Yes. And uh, I cut you <laughs> off, Aaron. So go Speaking of the patriarchy, I couldn't get a thought and I like interrupted and no, it's okay. Something. Like my, it just my brain shuts off when men talk, so I don't remember <laughs> what I'm saying. It's perfect. It's perfect. Just um, disassociate. <laughs> yeah, I'm in a. I'm on a beach somewhere. Um, wrestling is probably not the best for a woman's body. That was another quote I wrote down, and that was from the woman. I don't know if you remember. She like broke. Her, like her arm got yeah it was Susie spirit she oh she I was awesome like part. she just doing like all the back flips and handsprings and stuff yeah Susie spirit very athletic i just could not they were showing it over and over and over i could not see it they showed the fucking x-ray and they showed, they showed it, the how it happened yeah. in the match and then they showed yeah. her and she is such a fucking badass. She was like, you could tell she like puts on her character and smiles as she's walking out of the ring. And like her fucking elbow is. God, it's not attached. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it looks like Popeye or something like with the oh, knobs uh. and bones sticking out. I mean, I would fucking vomit. I would have passed out. <laughs> and she's like waving and like, hey, it's okay. <laughs> I know. And she, you know, nobody's body is designed. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's body is designed for wrestling. <laughs> yeah. No. And that's what I was thinking. I was like, you know, they were talking about like all of the hits they would take, like they would practice throwing themselves into walls so that they could get tougher. And I was like, have I ever done that just to see if I was tough? And the answer is no, but I might now just try. Well, um, I de you definitely would have, if you, if you booked this in your twenties. Yes. Oh, if you would have for sure. That's, God, I would have just, just had a different life. Um, <laughs> even now when I do watch some, I do happen to see some wrestling because of my husband and I do see the women on like, and I get annoyed at how fake I feel like their faces are and watching this documentary, like these women were selling it and they might have been really feeling it clearly some of these women are getting like for real for real injured but i was like you guys are selling this harder than maybe it's because we got hd cameras i don't know but i believed everything i saw up there other than you know the costume <laughs> i think they had a they they still had a grueling schedule but i i think like the wwe schedule is I think they're just, they're almost wrestling like every single night. And so it's just like, you have to save something. But I, I agree. Yeah. Like, I feel yeah. like they're, they had this, um, uh, a member of the Guerrero family who's like this, and this is a fucking crazy, it like starts with this, uh, Mondo Guerrero came in and like Guer the Guerreros are like a famous wrestling family and pioneered a lot of the moves and stuff. Wrestling freaks know them. He came in to train them and, 
his first thing was he's getting them doing drills and he was working with them on selling and they have him in the fucking documentary and he, there were some girls that weren't paying attention so he took one of them he put her in a sleeper hold and made her pass out so that they would pay attention to him and she like and he like acts it out and he's like she struggled and then finally like hit the ground and she was like flopping like a fish and passed out yes that's what and he then says they, and then they all paid attention and respected me. And then they talked to some of the other girls and they're like, yeah, I loved it. I saw that. And I was like, yeah, this guy's yes. fucking for, that's what the level of like fucking badass these women were was like, yeah, fuck it. I love that shit. And I was like, yeah, I'm ready to learn from this guy. <laughs> it's crazy. Could you I'm imagine like, now if like. Stockholm syndrome. This is. <laughs> yeah, I guess. traumatized. No, I know if someone did that now, I mean, they would be. In jail. In jail. <laughs> What's that place again? Yeah, jail. They would be in jail. Um, they all, they, they loved that guy. They loved their trainer, though. Did. He was very good. Um, but, I mean, definitely, you know, there's probably a better way to command respect, respect than <laughs> fucking cutting off somebody's <laughs> oxygen so they fucking pass out. It's lucky Just nobody a, fucking a died. a man? Putting a woman in a sleeper hold in front of a group of women is so dark. And also, I probably would have been like, absolutely, I respect you. <laughs> well, there's this weird thing, too, because it's like, that's probably what he would have done with a bunch of men. Yeah. Is do that. And so there's this also like, hey, I want to don't we're not any different, you know? It's yeah. like a women's body kit. It's just like fucking, you know, pass one of us out so that we fucking all pay attention. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's this weird kind of like, we're in a weird place, you know, because of obviously all the evils that men do to women to where it's like that can't fly. But there's also, you know, because I, I would assume based on the reverence that they had for this guy, that there wasn't anything weird or sexual or abusive about him outside of that. And they were able to recognize that he was making a point, but it's still fucking bonkers, dude. It's yeah. bonkers. Yeah, absolutely. But it makes the documentary fascinating. That's why I love that stuff like this exists and there's a record of it because it's like, I mean, where else do you I hear mean, about shit like this? Nowhere, nowhere. And then let's talk about the heart and soul. Mount What's, Fiji. Uh, Mount Fiji, she's the heart and soul of the documentary. Like, I don't, obviously I did not watch four years of, of the show Glow when it was out. But you can almost tell right away that she's like one of the stars of, she's like the unassuming star of Glow, right? What did you say? Yeah, yeah, she was, um, it's, it's a woman named Emily Doyle who was um, Samoan. Um, grew up in California and she was a track and field star set a world set a record in California made the Olympic trials and shot put um, they build her at 350 pounds uh, and she's like five she, nine or five ten something like that yes and just instantly lovable like you love her um, and was yeah. so the way that they kind of destructured the league was they had um, it's you know similar to what you'd see in the WWE now, but they very clearly defined it like there was the good girls and the bad girls, um, and their characters were kind of built around that. And so she was the leader of the good girls and the most popular wrestler in the league. She could pick people up over her head, you know, because she was a stud track and field star. 
um, could pick anybody up over her head. They made it so that she was God, never knocked so off cool. her feet. And she was just really good. Like she could do the dances and the choreography. She could sell her character. Um, and people just loved her. And I would say she's comparable to like an Andre the Giant in um, in like the WWF or the WWF. You know, and that people just, she's one of these people that you just liked, you know, and like marveled yeah. at how big and strong she was. Um, and so like, and you like immediately how like, cool and co like, she's like very stable feeling, even yeah. though she's like literally picking people up and throwing them. You're still like, I, I trust you with my, with my children, <laughs> my dogs. Yes. And they all, they all like all the women that they talked to that were in the league, like love her. Like she was everybody's yeah. favorite. Um, and, uh, and so, and then she's like great on TV you know, she's picking people up on TV and stuff in yes. this like really fun way. <laughs> she just knew how to work it perfectly. Yeah. And they, and they talk to her and she's in bad shape when they talk to her. And it really, that's the bummer of the show is that like, you're just like, Oh, you just want the, you want everything to be great for her. And, and, and it was, you know, this was like a really special time in her life and she makes herself very vulnerable and talking about it. And it's mm -hmm. kind of like. It's heartbreaking to see, but also good to see, you know, I don't know. She's in, yeah. even, even in her darkest moments, she's got a good perspective on things and talks yeah. about how much she worries about her sisters and all that shit. <laughs> yeah. The other ladies of glow. Yeah. Not her real sisters. Those sisters, yeah. which I think is so sweet. Yeah. I mean, I think cause this was like such a bizarre, brutal and and, yeah, bonding experience. Yeah, it really, yeah. it really it bonded does make them all. you. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like a UCB improv team. <laughs> <laughs> Bizarre, brutal, time wasting, <laughs> or like being on a summer camp uh, staff. It's like it's it bonds that you or like. Life. Yeah, or going through basic training or doing, you know, some kind yep. of sports <laughs> sports experience or something or band camp or whatever, you know. Whatever your your flavor is. Yeah, it bond it bonds you. God. I just want to hug that woman. Yeah, you just you want to give you want to hang with her because she's just so lovable. Yeah. Um Do you know she's still yeah. alive since that was 10 She died. No, she died. She died. Okay. Yeah. She died just at like 60 years old, had a lot of health problems. They said that like once the show ended, you know, she kind of felt, and she had like really bad knees um, and was in some kind of nursing home because she wasn't able to move around the same way she wanted. Might've been diabetic. There's, you know, it's a little vague on how yeah. she kind of ultimately faded out. There, her, There's a crazy story about her and her family to where they were having a party uh, and something happened and the LAPD was breaking things up and was and started beating the shit out of all of them, including her. And even though she stopped resisting, they kept beating her. Uh, and they oh went to they went to court about it. It took nine years, and they ultimately won a huge settlement from the police. Holy crap. But it just wasn't as publicized as some of the other ones. Um, but it was like you know Rodney King level shit, you know, to where they jeez you know, ultimately got some level of justice, but who knows the fucking toll that that took on the family to be fucking God. abused like Nine that. Nine years? So yeah. That's too long. I mean. Yes. 
I'm glad they they got something out of it, but man, that's a long time. That's awful. I think with stuff like that, you you obviously don't want it to happen at all, but you also want swift justice, not you know some fucking drawn yeah. out. Because it's hard to yeah, go I'm on like, with your life. Two years you're... max. Yeah. <laughs> two years max. Nine. No, I don't even remember that day. At that point, your 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 guess is as good as mine, Doc. Man, hey, that's, that's... Doc. That's tough, man. That's tough. This oh, this there fucking, is. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say there is one. Um, I just remembered the woman that like is putting together the reunion that we all get, that we get to see at the end. Her name was Little Egypt, and and looks very white to me. I know. I was just like. I mean, there's it, it, just like it's un. I, I'm like, I know they would have put me in some leprechaun freaking uniform. <laughs> That's what I would have had. I would have had to learn to talk like a leprechaun. And or that or Americana. You could have done like Americana. I could have done Americana, but but they would have used the fact that I had red hair. They, I would have just yeah. had to be a leprechaun. <laughs> or strawberry shortcake or God. Pippi Longstocking. <laughs> Pippi Ooh, that'd be fun. Pippi, Pippi strong stocking. <laughs> That's pretty good. There's that Oscar Wilde again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a regular Matt Simber over here. <laughs> yeah. Get, get your ass to some studio and start making bank. This guy, the guy that owned the Riviera and sponsored them is fascinating. This Michelin reekless who is married to Pia Zadora who was like a famous actress and sex pot at the time, uh, significantly younger than him. And it's, it's rumored that they ended the show because she didn't like him, mm. you know, f- f- hitting on all the, f- the young girls and stuff. Um, which you I know, couldn't know. believe that that's how, like when it was, cause I was like, well, how is this going to end? Cause it says like in the description, it's like at the peak of its popularity, it ends. And I was like, okay, well let's see what happened. What's the scandal. And it's like the guy that ran the place that had <laughs> the shows wife was like mad. He was after those girls. And so she said no. And he said, okay. And then it was done. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's one of those things to where it was important to the people in the league, but it wasn't as important to him as a moneymaker. The problem yeah. is, I think with it, you know, just literally just watching this documentary and doing like the most cursory research at all, the guy that created it and, controlled it essentially this david mclean guy had a different vision than matt simber and i i think he didn't want simber involved and i think simber is the one that made you know he had the hollywood connections he had the tv connections and so and simber may have wanted to go off and do movies and stuff too i don't know if he wanted his legacy to be glow i feel like he might have thought he was better or above it and so they they parted ways, and I think McLean just couldn't get it over the end zone or parlay the success yeah. of it in a way that, like, if he, if he stayed teamed up with Simber, that he could have. They just didn't know what they had, you know? Yeah. And so, like, he just did it and kind of lost focus, and then that, you know, and they didn't capitalize on the momentum of it. 
which was too bad. You know what's crazy? And I, I wanted to ask you about this. You're younger than I am, but this seems like something my sister and I would have watched for sure. And I had no knowledge of it at all. It wasn't in every market. And so we were in Idaho at the time, like maybe he just wasn't making it out there. But it's crazy to me that I'd never heard of this because they talked about how popular it was with kids. Like it was that yeah. weird thing to where, like they, they talk about how like sorority guys would wake up hungover on a Saturday and love it. But also like it was <laughs> immensely popular with kids. It's that weird like kind of campy, sexy thing that you would love as kids. The kid, Venn you, diagram. A, yeah, like <laughs> perfect. Is, yes. Is kids and horny dudes. <laughs> yeah. And it's it uh, was no, not on my radar at all. We didn't. It wasn't on my family's radar that I know of. And but we were in Washington State, so I we could have just been in a little blackout zone over here in the Northwest. So yes, yeah, I would be curious to know if you know if people remember it. Did yeah, if people remember watching it like with their families. I also don't know that my mom would have liked or let my dad watch it. I don't know. I don't There's know. a lot of or like I, leotards going up the yeah. butt type stuff. And I mean, they are very sexually dressed in it. it. Yeah. They kind of really oscillate between the sexy and then just the, just the people there to get a job done. But I, I just, I could imagine that maybe my dad just, if he knew about it, he was like, let's pretend I don't know about it and just move on. Or <laughs> like, you know, just, I could just imagine that if someone knew that that was an option, we just let it go. Okay. It wasn't, we didn't watch it. I, I wish I, I, maybe that would have gotten, you know, my path to the WWE faster. I don't know, but faster. Yeah, I mean, I assume at some point I will go try out for the WWE just as like an elderly participant. Well, um, I'm here to <laughs> wrestle. How are you? I'm, my day has finally come. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. Granny, um, Granny Strong Stockings. Granny Strong Stockings is back. Pretty good. It's um, pretty good by me again. It's pretty um, good. It's hitting pretty good them out of the park. Uh, out of the park. Oh, yeah. I was gonna say though the the I thought there was gonna be a little bit more of the. Like, like the uh, everyone's training element of the documentary. Like, I didn't realize they like just did like a call for like actors, actresses, um, and like and some like fitnessy people. Like the the no, it seems like a backwards route to do you know to kind of get it. They did. Yes, there they wasn't- really did. There wasn't like a wrestling camp where they pulled people from. It was like they did like right. a big casting call and then they taught the people then how to wrestle. Yes, very, very backwards to me. But I also am like probably not a lot of women were even offered a skill of like, hey, do you want to learn to wrestle? I'm sure that was not in a lot. Like Matilda I the one Hun girl- had yeah, she had done some wrestling before that. Yes. Um and then also, I think maybe even uh, Mount Fiji had too. I don't know if they talked about it on the show, but in the I was I, I of course was taken by her, so I looked her up. But um, but yeah, there was a lot of people that just came. There, you know, some gymnasts and 
cheerleaders and that kind of stuff. But it was a lot of just like actors, you know, people just wanted to make I it in Hollywood. It. <laughs> and they just are like, you know, even in your 20s, that's still not like learning to tumble when you're four, five, six, seven, eight, you know. And I'm just like, if I had to learn to tumble when I was 22, I would have had to bend the mountain. I would have had to be like, I'm always on my feet. You can't knock me over. If you knock me over, I will kill your whole family. <laughs> no, you're a good athlete. You would have been able to do all of it. But you're good. I, the tumbling stuff is just like, oh my gosh. I would I needed to like learn that when I was born, you know? I think I think the the Guero got the coach, Mondo Guero was good at like just bringing people cuz I mean, there people won't watch this. I hope I hope everybody does, but there'll be some that don't. The wrestling is fucking awesome. Like it's cool. Like they are good, yeah. dude. They're, you know, taking bumps and, you know, (laughs) running into turnbuckles and jumping off ropes. And it's fucking cool. Yeah. Um, I liked, uh, was it like Nachowski, like the Soviet, you know, they were like leaning into the Cold War and all that kind of shit, you know, and that's why they had Americana versus the, the Russian girl. And she was doing like a Russian, great Russian voice. It's really fun. I mean, I... I, I it did make me curious to want to like look up if they have any of the old episodes on YouTube because I love their raps and stuff they do. They do the very 80s. Those raps were so bad and so cute. Oh my gosh. Hey everybody, we're here to say <laughs> it's Aaron and Ryan from the Dumbbells today. You know, like that kind of shit. And some of them were kind of good at it and some of them were just fucking horrible. Like they couldn't even do so the basic bad. The basic, like, shitty, you know, like, version of, like, whenever your parents would try to rap. I'm your dad, and I'm trying to say, I want you to go to school and get away. (laughs) Stanger out. It's so, it's so, um, it was so sweet. It was so sweet. And cool. There's a weird kind of, like, lo-fi coolness about it. They, you know, just... (laughs) Low you know what I mean? coolness. Yeah, because it's all like on video and like their outfits look fucking awesome and they're all uh, hot, you know, and I don't know. <laughs> just You're just kind of like going for it. I, it was, it's cool. They are going for it. And that is like, there is not a, like a, a, like a cynical bone in any of their bodies. And I think that is like, oh yeah, that's refreshing. They're, they're actually rapping. They're happy. They like their job. They're having a good time. And they're all friends, or so it seems. Yeah, and they do tons of sketches in between, and they're like crazy sketches <laughs> like, yeah. I'm at the doctor's office. What is he going to tell me? <laughs> You're not allowed to wrestle. And they pull like a big hammer and like smash like, <laughs> bong, like, like that level of shit, and people like going cross-eyed. And <laughs> the duo you Just talked about. Getting the, pied in the face. It's a lot. Yeah. It's fun. The duo you talked about, they played a couple different characters. They were the housewives and they would be like, and like climb into the <laughs> ring with like a face. Yes. Like they didn't want to be sexy housewives. So they became like old lady housewives. And it was so, I was like, you guys are my favorite. <laughs> and they're just like screaming at the audience. Like, why are we here with like bathrobes <laughs> and like house slippers on? And, and then they became like the weird metal characters, you know, with yeah, like the chainsaw, chainsaw and the and spike with the some, flame. She'd spike, blow torch yes. everything. And they're like all. 
creepy. The Spike Girl was like, I'm a Jew from the Valley. I didn't, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> that was, that line got me good. That made me laugh so hard. Yeah. They're super yeah, they funny. They're still friends. And, um, they were really good at it though. Like I, I was like, you're great at it. It makes sense why you're there. Yeah. God, they got a real chainsaw too. That was a real chainsaw. <laughs> yeah, she's like fucking cutting shit apart in the ring and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And it's a real blowtorch. It's, I mean, just the fun you could have in the 80s that we really, you know, it's really tampered down these days. <laughs> oh, it's done now. Because of rules, regulations. I liked Big Hippo Bad Mama laws. a lot. <laughs> yeah, she was like the other heart of the like it's yeah like, she, she was like she was, she was the sweetheart. leader of the bad girls and she was really cool too like big strong and um she would you know it was always her kind of versus mount fuji you know or mount fiji facing off um and she and she's really funny and and had like a fun perspective on all of it too um yeah. because they had like, like it was strange too like they had to stay in character while they were at the Riviera so if they went out to eat together the good girls couldn't hang <laughs> out with the bad so girls <laughs> but it's kind of the weird shit they do the kayfabe they do with wrestling now to where like these guys yeah. are always in character like they're you know it sucks it's like you just want to go to fucking Chick-fil-A and you have to you know put on your undertaker <laughs> outfit <laughs> And be mad at the other guys. I don't know who they are, yeah. but you got to be mad at them. Yeah, it's just like, oh, we're going to Taco Bell. Put on your fucking contact lenses and, you know. <laughs> and I'm remember who killed your parents so that we to can. To order a cheesy gordita crunch, <laughs> brother. Yeah. Wait, brother, isn't that a different guy? Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm mixing a bunch of people. You know, you're I'm, just I'm not up fun. to speed. Right. I know Rhea right. Ripley. That's <laughs> I know the the attractive women. That's all I know. Look, <laughs> I'm a regular Matt Simber over here. Um, <laughs> that's what I was gonna ask. Mount Fiji um, was like, I knew he was a womanizer. I don't care. <laughs> oh yeah, she was like at the end. She was like, if he's at the reunion, I'm gonna tell him. I had a crush on him. I'm going to tell him he made my heart pitter patter. And I was yeah. like, yes, you go, girl. You tell him. Yeah, she was and like, she got I, to see him and she did. And that's when yeah. I started losing it. Yeah. She was like, I knew, I knew he was a womanizer. I didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> and he loved it. He loved it. Yeah. He had nothing. Was, he didn't want anything to do with the documentary, but he did go and yeah, see exactly. her, which did. <laughs> <laughs> Which did feel sweet, even though he might have been a scumbag, but you're just kind of yeah, like, exactly. you're like, oh, thank God. He had a grace note where he did the right thing at the end. Um, right but at yeah. the very end. <laughs> yes. Who knows? I can't speak to how he lived the rest of his life, but you know, if we're judging this documentary, um, it is very satisfying. It is worth the watch. I would give it five dumbbells. I would give it five out of five. Yeah, five out of five yeah. dumbbells. Uh, I would say watch it. it. Watch it with your family. Watch it alone. Get some tissues about minute, hour, and like hour and six minutes. You're going to need them. Yeah, they, they um, Little Egypt, I believe, who became a highly successful realtor, um, schedules. Already uh, retired. Already retired. After retired. years of, yeah, straight uh, up retired. 
becomes uh, she organizes a big reunion which was great and it was yeah. a real gift to the documentary because you got to see them you want to see them all together again and you know you really felt the love and camaraderie come through in that you know wherever they were like an embassy suites like kind of banquet room yeah and she's like oh it's perfect and there's just like pink ta- there's like pink napkins on the thing and you're like okay could have done a little I bit know. more i know i know but hey, you know, what banquets the, yeah. are expensive, you know? Yeah, you do what you can. <laughs> Spend I mean, the I, money I, on the food. How successful a realtor were you? I don't know. You can do more than fucking <laughs> folded pink napkins. Savage. Oh, perfect. Um, now, but it was... There is, like, it, there is like a series on Amazon Prime as well that I almost accidentally watched instead of this. Have you seen that series? No. Is another f- female wrestling series? It's it's based on what I saw as I was reading it. It was similar. It's like about glow, but it's just like a more episodic. It's a docu series. Like, I think so. Yeah. Don't um, know, but I I'm curious to watch it now. But the first like the the first episode was like 44 minutes, and I was like, that's not what he said. Stay. He said it was an hour and 16 minutes. <laughs> I've made this mistake. You got to be clear. You got to be clear with Aaron. So (laughs) I told her where she could stream it, the exact title and the length. And I was like, I will still find another show to watch that is similar, but different. Um, But so that, that was there. I didn't, I don't know if it was good. I don't know if it's, I don't know anything other than it also showed up. This is a very tidy movie that you could tell they were trying to make a concise documentary out of, and they had like a mission statement that they delivered on. I felt like there was a lot that they left on the table and stuff I would like to hear more about. Um, But they told like an effective story. So you do take a ride on this, you're moved by it, and you walk out of there interested and proud of these women. So I think that was accomplished, but there's definitely... You know, you're like, what about this? And I want to hear more about that. And what did happen? So it's not as much of a, a deep dive as we're used to now with how they do docuseries. So I'm sure there's a lot of stuff that's still on the table. Um, like, I, I'm sure you could do the dark side of glow. Um, yeah, uh, I'm sure. You know, yeah. So I would be curious to see a more in-depth kind of um, dig at what they were doing. But I do appreciate what these filmmakers did because it was a very hyper-palatable, enjoyable series that celebrates these women. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But maybe they skirted over some stuff. And, you know, even positive stuff I'd like to hear more about. Like I would like to hear more about um, Mount Fuji's, you know, shot put career and where she grew up. And I all, know. You know. I mean, her life is because she was the reason they saw her that she was out here was she was going out for an LA football team. Yeah. Like that was like going to be the women. Now I'm like, where's the documentary on that? Even though it failed, it didn't go, but I'm like, who are the women? Have you ever seen this? Have you ever seen lingerie football? (laughs) Is that no, is that even real? It's a real thing. It's a real thing. And let me tell you, Aaron, they are oh they're super attractive they're wearing full-on like lingerie like <laughs> women's underwear i was gonna say panties everybody gets uncomfortable when people say panties especially men <laughs> it is weird to say it feels weird to say <laughs> but they have like shoulder pads on it's it's full contact 
and they're fucking good. They're good. Look it up. I don't know if it's still going on anymore. Does anyone have like body fat? They're all in shape. There's, there's some, there, there's different body types, but by and large, they're linebackers, you know, there is some people, there's different body types, but by and large, most everybody's in really good shape. They're, 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 it's like they're hot. That's, they're selling it on that, but they are fucking good. Like they're, they're playing real football. It's not like a weird kind of like TNA thing. It's crazy. It's not a weird TNA thing. It absolutely is a weird TNA thing. They just happen to be good at it too. Well, I didn't mean right? like it's not like a weird like soft core <laughs> where they're like okay, okay. faking playing like football just to show you nudity or something like they're really playing. Okay. If God. that makes if it's there's no good way to word this. It's not there. <laughs> no, I know. I just I love I love what I love what what happens in this world. <laughs> Death by a thousand cuts, it. man. It's coming. It's coming yeah. from every angle. I just want to play uh, football. Yeah, you absolutely can. Here, just put on these underwear and garter belts <laughs> and go. It's like, what? And go for it. Uh, at night, um, when we're getting ready for bed, we watch that bar rescue show. Um, it's like John Tapper. John Taffer. Yeah. He's like goes in and he rescues a bar and makes it better, whatever. The one that was on last night was um, just, it was like a sports bar, but the women that were bartenders just wore bikinis. And I was like, what an awful job experience (laughs) every day, every day, just have to go live, like just go to work and your work. You have to do all the normal stuff at work, but you have to be in your bra and underwear. And that is just how I was like, that's, and don't worry, John Taffer, he put them in a little bit bigger, underwears like boy shorts instead of trying thongs yeah (laughs) so anyways that just reminded me of that so i'll be googling um lingerie football if ever if anyone wants to come over (laughs) it's it's bonkers um to use that word for the fifth time stolen from jason manzoukas um but uh he can't I, have bonkers. He can't I mean, have bonkers. He, he repopularized it. <laughs> there was the candy with the gel in it, and then it kind of went away like nobody was saying it. Remember that? Remember those things? And then the Manzu. With- yeah, there's. I know what you're talking about, but that was called bonkers? Pretty sure. We may have to look it up. Mm. Don't save the fucking emails. We'll look it up ourselves. You guys don't have to fucking correct. <laughs> this isn't a live episode. We're recording this, and we're going to look up all the mistakes we made. Just so you know, the candy you're thinking of doesn't exist. It's wrong. <laughs> um, no, he repopularized it on how did this get made, for sure. And that is an absolute God. fact. I, I was just going to say, we'll, we'll, we'll get out of here. But uh, I was just going to say, I used to go to this restaurant when I'd visit my grandma and grandpa. It was one of their favorite places called Texas Lucy's, which was like a, um, or Texas Lucy's. But it wasn't Lucy the name. It was like L O. O-S, you know, like that. Um, it was like kind of like a Hooters, but they would wear old-fashioned lingerie there. <laughs> oh, and they, my grandma and grandpa loved it. And I was like, I'd go there when I was like 10, 11. I was just like, holy fucking shit. And like, um, <laughs> you could just see like my eyes were like fucking, you know, 
tea saucers, you know, fucking huge. And they would like rub your, rub my shoulders and stuff just cause I was like, a cute little, I was like a cute little kid. It's not me now, Aaron. It was no, like, a, I know it's gross anyway. It's just like rubbing shoulder, a stranger rubbing your shoulders is I so, it. Uh, so gross. I still love it. I'm sure you loved it. It was, it was, that's not the, that's not the creepy part. The creepy part is that it happened. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, I loved that. Good I, for you. Good for little I never tiny. asked her any, I never asked her anything. They just were <laughs> not, they just call you hun and like rub my shoulders and stuff as a little, they didn't seem to be doing it. It was like a kid, you know, it was more, um, I don't know what it was, but I loved it. They were like, let's give this kid something to talk about. This yeah, It worked. <laughs> whether it's now, whether it's in 25 years, he'll remember it forever. I, it it's the first thing I think about when I wake up and the last thing I think about <laughs> when I go to bed at night still. <laughs> the last 30 years. Uh, oh, anywho. God. Well. Uh, check out Glow, you guys. You guys will, you'll, you'll enjoy it. It's worth a watch. Um. This is the, um, oh yeah, our plugs. Let's do some plugs real quick. So if you guys have any questions or recommendations for us, you can reach us at our email, which is askthedumbbells at gmail.com. That's askthedumbbells at gmail.com. You can recommend exercises for us to try, um, episode themes you'd like to hear, guests you'd like us to have. We've got some fun guests lined up that are coming up. Some big announcements yep. to be made. Some teases there. Um, equipment you'd like us to try. Uh, documentaries or shows you'd like us to look at. Myths you'd like us to dispel. Uh, ask the dumbbells at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Instagram or that X or Facebook at the dumbbells. That's at the dumbbells. <laughs> at the dumbbells. Mostly IG. Um, yeah. But, you know. Get on that other shit. They're linked to the others. So they're there too if that's all you're doing. But who are you if that's all you're doing? You know what I mean? Who are you? Get with um, it. Close us out, Stang. On behalf of myself and Aaron McGown, we are the Dumbbells, and we'd like to remind everybody that's out there listening to train dirty, eat clean, and live in between. Get those shoulder rubs. <laughs> God. That was a headgum podcast. <laughs>